Mom, when will you pay me my allowance? Your name is Tim, and you are only five years old. Your dad runs a successful shipping company that ships for traders through the Gulf of Mexico. Your family is lucky and certainly richer than a lot of people. Not until I get the money, replies your mom. In 1830, rapid-growing America, there was a coin shortage. Plenty of wealth, but not enough coins. The economy was booming. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 2 of the History of the U.S. Mint Podcast. On this episode, we will be diving deep into the story of the New Orleans Mint, the longest-lived mint of the three Southern Mints. One of the mints that came out of this coin shortage would last all the way until the early 1900s, producing almost half a billion coins during its 80-year life. While its fellow Southern Mints ended in the Civil War, New Orleans powered through. We decided to air this episode now because we are facing a coin shortage once again. Because of the COVID-19 coronavirus, stores are facing issues with not having enough change. Because of safety precautions, the United States Mint had to close, forcing businesses, small and large, to accept only credit cards and exact change. The Southern Mints, Charlotte, Dolanega, and New Orleans were favored by President Andrew Jackson. Henry Clay strongly opposed the Southern Mints, but in 1835, the U.S. government established three mints in Charlotte, Dolanega, and New Orleans. The reason why New Orleans was selected was because of the location beside the Mississippi River. It was also the fifth largest city in the United States, and it was near gold deposits in Alabama, and it had more foreign trade than any other city, bringing in a lot of gold and silver. Mint director Samuel Moore allowed construction companies to place bids for the mint building. The land was located in the southeast corner of the city. The construction contract was signed by with John Mitchell and Benjamin F. Fox for $182,000, which would be more than $5 million today. $40,000 would be saved to build an extension in the future. The first coins made were 30 1838 dimes. Coin Spotlight 1838-0 Seed Liberty Dimes had a lower mintage of 489034 Prices can go into the thousands of dollars range. Most were made from me- melted-down Mexican 8-real coins. Thank you for listening to Coin Spotlight. In 1840, New Orleans was the third largest and one of the fastest growing cities in America. Its port was the biggest in the country, making it easy for foreign shipments of silver and gold to be minted into American coins. The port handled more than half of American trade.
It is 1845. Your name is James D. Dakin. The director asked you to inspect the min after it looked like the building had moved. He takes out his ruler, and sure enough, the building has moved an inch since it was built 10 years ago. Hmm, I think some iron rods need to go between the floors. In, 18, in the 1840s, a few structural changes were made to the mint building. Of course, the iron rods were ins inserted between the floors to prevent shifting. In 1854, the government hired P.T.G. Burgard to fireproof the building, improve the arches, and install masonry floors. In 1850, the Double Eagle denomination was introduced to be minted in Philadelphia and New Orleans. In 1851, New Orleans had a record coinage of over $10 million worth in coins. Most of those were made from California Gold Rush gold that arrived by ship in the port. In 1854, there was a yellow fever epidemic that killed 8,000 people in New Orleans. The New Orleans men operated in the Civil War, producing some very sought-after coins. The state of Louisiana seceded from the Union in late January 1861. It was held by the Union until late March, leaving the mint to run by the Confederate government and producing some rare pattern coins in that time period. The Confederate government continued mintage until early April when bullion finally ran out. Then the building was abandoned. When the war ended, the building was left abandoned until 1870. Faced with the challenge of producing millions of silver dollars each year, the Treasury Department reopened the Mint. The government appointed Michael Hahn as superintendent of the New Orleans Mint. He started to study the situation. The Treasury Department reobtained the mint from the city. Renovations were made and some new machinery was installed. In 1878, Henry Foote replaced Hahn as superintendent. Coinage began in 1879. There was a shortage of silver at the mint, a problem that remained until 1883 when the mint director negotiated with suppliers. In 1893, there was a scandal at the Mint. When the accounts were settled on June 30, 1893, there was a deficit of $25,000 worth of coins. The cashier claimed that there was a fire that destroyed a lot of currency. There were only $1,182 left. There was a shortage of almost $23,000. The Secret Service was called in to investigate. Evidence was found that the cashier was guilty of stealing money, and the arrest was made. The President of the United States, Grover Cleveland, also fired the superintendent, assayer, melter, and refiner. Overton Cade, the coiner, became superintendent. Lawsuits were filed against the superintendent because he was irresponsible for keeping track of the mint's finances. By the early 20th century, the United States Mint had four active mints. New Orleans, Denver, Philadelphia, and San Francisco. With these four mints producing coins, this made for an overflow, which met way over the demand for money. 
1909, the U.S. Treasury officially declined funds and shut down the mint for good, shutting down the longest-lived of the three Southern mints. It was active for over 50 years. After the New Orleans mint shut down, it took back its spot of being an office for the U.S. Treasury for a long time until 1932. The office was then closed and the mint was turned into a federal prison. The prison served from 1932 until 1943. After that, it was handed off to the Coast Guard and left to be abandoned again and left to rot. Louisiana got back the property of the mint in, 1865. Louisiana saved the mint from being destroyed and renovated it for 15 years. The mint contains tons of production history and its legacy still lives on today in its coins that exist in millions of collections across the country. The New Orleans Mint is now a museum. Thank you very much, everyone, for tuning in to Season 1, Episode 2 of the History of the U.S. Mint podcast by LAP Coins. We are excited to say that we have reached over 150 plays on our podcast. To support the podcast, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. A quick disclaimer. This podcast contains some historical reenactments. Of course, we cannot know exactly what happened then, but we try our best to make it as accurate as possible. One book that assisted our team is titled A Guidebook of United States Mint by Q. David Bowers. You can find a complete list of our sources in the episode notes. This episode was hosted, written, and produced by me, Larry Smith. It was written and produced by Aidan Williams, Again, our team at LAP Coins would like to thank you for listening to Season 1, Episode 2 of the History of the U.S. Mint Podcast.